last week, you guys, we've been talking about um, stewarding. Um, this sermon series is just called Permission. Uh, ben, Alyssa did a really good job on the graphic. Uh, and uh, we've been talking about permission. Last week, we talked about stewarding, does anybody remember? Stewarding time. Last week, we talked about stewarding your time. And that was one that really hit home for me. I was sitting back there listening to him. And I could just sit there and I was thinking, man, he's talking to me. Anybody ever had a sermon like that where it's like, uh, he's talking to me on this one? And I was sitting back there and he, everything he was saying was lining up perfect with how I do at work. And, and he said on Fridays, you, you get off work on Friday and you think, well, I'm going to work a little harder next week. And maybe I'll get a little bit more done next week. And you always push it off till next week. Well, this week, and I was sitting back there, that just hit my heart. And so this week when I went to work, I was determined. I was going to put out a time schedule. I was going to steward my time well. And I had a really, really productive week at work. I got a lot of things done that needed done. I think there was one day where something came up and I couldn't get everything that I wanted to get done. But you are not always going to have perfect days. And so it was just, it was, it was a really good week for me. And just applying the sermons to our life. It, it works if we'll just apply the sermons to our life. Pastor Ben does an amazing job of giving us key principles that we can apply to our daily lives and improves our lives. And it's just really cool. So um, if you're wondering how to do that maybe if you didn't really catch the key principles last week you can always go back on the facebook page and listen to the sermons again and find out some really cool things to do this week we're going to talk about stewarding relationships stewarding relationships with valentine's day coming up right around the corner it'd be a good time to talk about relationships wouldn't it <laughs> so, oh man whenever ben told me that i was going to be doing relationships i was thinking oh man you know, this is going to be really good. i got a lot of material on relationships. I'm constantly talking to the teenagers about relationships. And, and so I got a lot of interesting things. And then I was working on it this week, and I kept hearing a voice inside me say, but you're 26. And uh, most people in the room are older, and they've been, and they've been married longer than you, and they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> and I was like, well, that may be the case. However, I'm still going to do it. So uh, I'm not going to stop here. All right. So um, I believe that stewarding relationship is very important, and Jesus shows us that we should steward relationships in Matthew. And I'm gonna, we can stand really quick as we read the word. We're gonna go ahead and read the scripture that I picked. Now, usually, um, and if you didn't know, if you see, we got uh, love God over here and love people over here. Um, if you see anything that we do, if we post something on social media, it's usually hashtag love God, love people, right? Um, a lot of things that we do revolve around love God, love people. It's pretty interesting. If you didn't know what verse that comes from, it comes from these couple of verses that we're getting ready to read today. Let me step off to the side here. I don't want to block anybody. All right, so Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first, hold on to that word, first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself so love your neighbor as yourself let's pray father god thank you for this awesome day god thank you for the opportunity to speak here this morning god I just ask that you would be with me today father that your whatever you want to say would just come out of my mouth father that it's no longer me speaking but you speaking through me jesus i just i love you so much i ask that everything that goes out doesn't return void god but you set what you set forth to accomplish god will be completed today we love you god and we thank you for everything you're doing here I just ask that you continue to bless this church, bless these people, God. Be with us as we as we walk the path of life and, and show us how to go and show us how to be and, and just 
encompass our lives, God. We love you and we thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Stewarding relationships. Pretty interesting there. Jesus says, love God first. Love God first and then love people. I believe in that is a really key principle to stewarding a good relationship. I think before you have any kind of good relationship, there needs to be a process of making yourself whole first. And I was reading a quote by Dr. Les Parrott. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Les Parrott. His name is Leslie Parrott. Uh, he married a woman named Leslie, so her name is Dr. Leslie Parrott, and his name is Dr. Leslie Parrott. <laughs> and when they get mail, I imagine it's very confusing. I couldn't, who is it going to? Well, Dr. Leslie Parrott. Well, I'm okay, so well, weird. It's just kind of strange. But anyway, Dr. Leslie Parrott, he came up with the matching function, the algorithms on, you ever heard of a little company called eHarmony.com? He and, and his wife created the matching function for eHarmony.com. Um, actually, and I was reading about eHarmony because I found out, you know, Les Parrott is a theologian as well. He went to Fuller Theological Seminary. He's very accredited in, in the world of Christianity. And, and so I started looking. I was like, why would they hire a Christian man to do that work? You know, why would they do that? And then I got to looking at the owner of the company, and he's also a theologian, went to a, a, a seminary. And, and it's kind of interesting that that website and that business was based on Christianity. It was based out of, I know you've probably heard of ChristianMingle.com, and they were right there in the thing, but this is eHarmony. But Dr. Les Parrott, he came up with this quote that he always teaches students. They teach a class once a semester um, at, the, at a university, I believe it's UCLA, and they teach a class on relationships. And it's kind of funny because he said the first room that they gave him was a room much smaller than this. It was probably just enough to hold 12 chairs, he said very small room because they just didn't think anybody nobody in college wanted to hear about a relationship so they didn't give him a big room they gave him this 12 seat room and and the registration came around and he didn't put a cap on it because he was hoping they were praying you know god just give us at least six if we can just get six and get the ball rolling things will be good and so the registration comes around and the registration guy calls him and says hey listen uh, we have a problem and dr les parrot says what, what seems to be the issue here he said, well, you didn't put a cap limit on your, on, your, on your class. He said, okay, I didn't think we would have that many. He said, well, the last time I looked, we had 350 students signed up for your class. And he was blown away. He said, so what happened was the computer automatically sent you to the auditorium and put the guy that was in the auditorium in your little classroom. He said, so we had a little problem. And so the guy was like, well, that doesn't sound like a problem to me. That sounds like a blessing to me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So he ends up teaching this class, and, and a lot of good things come from it. But it's so interesting that 350 college students would want to know that much and have that much interest in finding out how to have a good, healthy relationship. And it's something that we don't really think about. It's something that typically will come natural to you. You get in a relationship, you, end up, you usually end up acting like your mother or your father or, you know what I'm saying, like, you just get in a relationship and you, and you, and you mimic what your parents did. And, and, and whatever they did was good enough for me and we'll do that. And that's the way I'm going to be. And, and that's not necessarily the key to a healthy relationship. However, um, we can find truth in what Dr. Les Parrott always teaches his students here. And this is a really interesting quote. He tells them that if you would just follow this quote, if you would just hear this quote out and follow it, this could absolutely change your life. And if you just let this root into your heart, and it says this, 
If you try to build intimacy with another person before you've done the difficult work of getting hold, all your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. So if you try to have an intimate relationship before you've become whole yourself, all your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. The world is constantly trying to find something to fill a gap in my life. If you look around, you'll see people on drugs, you'll see people uh, worshiping their money, they want things, they want everything they can find, they'll do uh, alcohol, they'll do anything, they'll get into different relationships, trying to fill a hole in their heart that is the perfect size for Jesus to be. And they don't know that they're looking for Jesus, they just know they're looking for something to fill a void. And they're constantly trying to complete themselves. So if you start a relationship without making yourself whole first, without finding your identity in Christ first, as Jesus said, because he says, love God first, and then love people second. If we don't find out who we are in Christ first before we try to love people, we're going to expect the person to complete us, and that ain't going to work. All your relationships will fall flat if you're looking for someone to complete who you are. Nobody can complete you but God himself. So let's talk about how we can put God first and how we can steward a relationship even with God. Um, what that looks like for me to steward a relationship with God, what that looks like with me. I always give God the first, well, I give him a lot more than this, but whenever I first started out, I give God the first 15 minutes of my day. First 15. Um, Church of Highlands teaches this. Pastor Chris, me and Ben love Chris Hodges. He's awesome. So we listen to him a lot, but he always teaches this, and I teach this to the students all the time. First 15, it's a, it's a really easy principle to take down, and I know I've taught it before, but it's so good that I'm going to teach it again. You spend five minutes of your day prayer, five minutes reading your Bible, and five minutes worshiping. And what that looks like for me is I get up, and I don't, things are hectic when I wake up. I'm not the kind of person that's together. <laughs> so, so when I wake up, hey, I got it from my mother. Yes, and, uh, and so like when I wake up, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Where am I at? You know, I know where I'm supposed to be, but, but okay, so I got to get everything ready. Luckily, Albie helps me out and gets things ready for me, and, and so I, I get in the truck. When I get in the truck, that's when the first 15 starts, because before then, I'm not even alive, I don't think. I'm just kind of like, oh, wandering through life. And so whenever I get in the truck for the first time, that begins my 15. So I start praying. I'll pray for five minutes. Now, I don't have a timer out that says five minutes. I just pray and pray and pray. And and usually I can kind of tell when I get to around Quincy area, uh, around Greg's shop, that's about five minutes of prayer. So then I'll turn on my worship music, and I'll start worshiping. I'll worship the rest of the way to, to work. And it's about another ten minutes of work from there, so I get about ten minutes of worship. It's pretty cool. And so I'm just worshiping, and I'll listen to any kind of, what's your favorite worship band? What's your favorite worship style music? Do you like Caleb? Do you like Southern gospel music? Do you like rock you, you can worship to so many different things there's so many different styles of music that you can listen to it's a it's really just in the world that we live in today the worship music is beyond belief amazing good i mean it's it's i know back when i was a kid i did not like the christian music no offense to anybody but i was not a fan of the hymnals i just didn't understand them now i appreciate them because i understand the hymnals now but i couldn't i was like man she's gonna play that piano again and she's going to sing again, and, and then I'm going to find it in the page. So I would find it, and I would just, I would sing, like, what I would do to entertain myself was I would either sing really high 
and try to match pitch with them in a really high pitch, like, ah, you know, like, I'll just be singing to myself, going crazy, or I would sing like really low, like, you know, like, Jesus loves me, you know, and then I'll be going, I'll be like, that's how I'd entertain myself. I wasn't a big fan of the hymnals. And so when Albie and I got together, she was like, listen, there's so many different bands that you're not listening to. She's like, it's not all hymnals. I was like, are you kidding? I'd, I'd either heard a hymnal or, or what were they, the Crab Family? Is that who it was, Mom, that you listened to all the time? Who was it? The Cannons. The Cannons. That's who it was. My goodness. They're talented people, and I couldn't do what they do, but it wasn't my thing. Does anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You like certain kinds of music. That's just how it is. <laughs> so it wasn't my thing. Albie showed me a whole new world of music, and so you can find music out there. If you like rap, there's rap worship music. I'm into rap. I like rap. I like to funk down the street. I like to, Albie, if you hear Albie rolling down the street, I know <laughs> Mary came in one Sunday morning because Albie will sit out in the car and do her makeup. And Mary came in one Sunday morning and she said, Dustin, who's that sitting in the silver car? I said, I think it's Albie. And I was like, I don't know. I started to look out there. And she's like, well, they're listening to some kind of rap music. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yep, it's definitely Albie. She's out there bumping. I mean, she's. You know, but but that's her style of music. She loves it, man. And she didn't used to like rap. It's kind of funny, but it, the Christian rap has a good message to it. It's not all this bad down. On it's just it's good stuff. It's fun. So there's different styles of music. Find your favorite style of music. Find you a new band and just put in the CD or put on K Love and worship for five minutes on your way to work or worship for five minutes while you get your makeup on or. Whatever you have to do, worship five minutes, at least give him five minutes of your day to do that. Jesus deserves a worship, man. He did some amazing things for us. He deserves to worship. He deserves to be prayed to. So spend your five minutes praying to God, thanking him. And if you don't think you can pray for five minutes, you can. I promise you can. There's so many ways that you can pray for five minutes. Start just thanking him. If I start thanking God, I'll pray for 20 minutes. Because I can thank him for so many things that he's given me. I mean, I can walk. And you don't think about that. But the other, a couple of months ago, about a month ago, I put my back out. And I couldn't hardly walk. And I was so thankful. I remember going, God, I can actually get up and move and, and do this. But I, I couldn't even stand up when I put my back out. I, I would stand up, I'd get about here, and it would be so painful, I'd have to sit back down. I couldn't hardly even move. It was amazing. And that opened my eyes. God, I can walk. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me walk. And and then one night, Albie thinks this is hilarious. I was scared to death, okay? You, you, guys, you guys will think this is funny, too, right? <laughs> okay, so we go to sleep, and I can see, right? I can see. Okay? In the middle of the night, the electric goes off. And when the electric goes off in our house, it's, it was dark outside anyway. It was pitch black. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I just all I see is black. And I was, like, trying to get my eyes to focus, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, so I raise up really fast, and I'm like, why can't I see? I was, <laughs> I'm telling you, I could not see, man. And I was like, Albie, wake up. I can't see. I can't see. <laughs> she was already awake. Look at her. <laughs> She's been wanting to have a good laugh about this. I haven't let her laugh about it because I was really scared. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was terrified. Have you ever had a scare where you thought you couldn't see? I'm telling you, man, it will wake you up. And, I, and all the way to work that next day, I just thanked God that I could see. I was so happy that I could see. I spent my five minutes praying that I, thank you, Jesus, for letting me see. Thank you for allowing me to. You don't think about it until, don't, until you, you know, until you can't do it. 
there's so many different things we can thank God for. Putting God first in in our lives is very important. Uh, and then whenever I get to work, I finally get to work, I'll sit in the parking lot and I'll pull up my Bible app on my phone and I'll read for five minutes. And then once I get done reading, then I'll actually go into the office and sit down and get to work. So before I even get into the office, I've already spent my time with Jesus and it improves my day immensely. Because on the mornings that I forget to do that, about 10, 30, 11, I'm like, what is going on with this day? Like, I can't figure out what's going on. Everything's hectic and crazy, and I have this, my spirit's not calm anymore, and, and I'm not taking things the way I should be because I'm not putting God first in my day. If you'll start off with God every day, I promise your day will be different than what it would if you don't. stewarding a relationship with God then after we steward our relationship with God then we can allow our relationship with people to flourish excuse me my mouth is hurting so a really cool resource I want to give you guys um, is a website this is a website that um, Dr. Gary Chapman he created this book he wrote a book called Five Love Languages. Has anybody heard of this book? It's called Five Love Languages, and it's sold millions and millions of copies, and, and he does, he's a Christian as well. He's a Christian guy as well. He's a psychologist, and, and uh, the website is this. It's five, like the number five, and then lovelanguages.com. So the number five, lovelanguages.com. Um, I have the book. I know Pastor Ben has the book. If maybe you want to read the book come borrow it absolutely just let me know i'll get it to you okay but it's really cool because you can go to this website and you can actually take a little survey and it takes about five minutes and you can find out what your love language is because everybody speaks a different love language and he in his book he, he has these five different ones and i'm going to go ahead and list those for you really quick acts of service is one of the love languages acts of service that is um, someone who uh, is who feels loved when people do things for them that's how they feel love. That's what one thing. So for me, my love language is acts of service. When I took the survey, my number one thing, it was 12 points of acts of service. That was my number one thing. So for Albie, um, she has to do things for me, uh, and then that's when I feel the most loved is when she do, does things for me that I don't necessarily ask her to do, and she's really good about doing that. Uh, words of affirmation is the second one, words of affirmation, and that's uh, giving compliments, uh, saying, hey, you look beautiful or hey you look handsome or, or um, everybody likes to hear compliments um, some people that's their primary love languages they love to hear compliments um, that's a good one physical touch is the third one holding hands hugging uh, having the hand arm around them um, some people really like it actually a lot more people than like it hate it I don't know if you notice this there's a lot of people that really don't like to show uh, um, what is it called the physical touch in, in public affection public affection they don't like to do that in public I know that uh, actually uh, Pastor Ben he's not a big public affection type person he, he him and Leslie don't really hold hands or anything you don't hardly see that well, I've seen him hold hands one time and me and I was like oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> love you guys I'm talking I'm talking to Ben and Leslie right now love you guys because <laughs> she'll be listening to this in a minute <laughs> <She'll be laughs> Okay, so but yeah, it was kind of weird. It just it surprised me. But a lot of people don't like to be affectionate in public, and and that actually puts kind of a, 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 a kind of wedge in some marriages 
because if one person is speaking the love language that, hey, I like to be, you know, I like to hold hands and I like to, you know, hug and, and, and the other person says, well, I'm not big on, you know, touching and I, that, that puts a wedge in the relationship. Can you see how speaking different languages in a relationship can put a strain on the relationship? Number four is quality time. Guys, this is something that we always have to work on with our ladies, seems like. Because we, uh, the ladies like to spend a lot of quality time, right? And some guys don't like to spend so much time with their lady. We have to make the time to do it. It's, uh, it's some, a lot of women, but luckily, Albie's number one love language is acts of service, so I don't have to really worry about that. So I'll, just, I'll keep on serving Albie and keep doing that kind of stuff, and we'll be all right. Quality time. Spending time together. If you're just reading a book together, watching a movie together, taking a walk, things like that, without being on your phone all the time. Number five, receiving gifts. Receiving gifts is a love language. I was like, are you kidding me? Hey, it was my least um, rated love language. I'm not big on receiving gifts. That's not important to me, I don't think. And uh, But some people really love to receive gifts. And the reason they love to receive gifts is because probably for the same reason I love to give gifts. I like to think about, like, what does this person really like? And then I like to just buy something that would make them just the most happy in the world. Like, yes, I got this awesome thing. Like, at work, my boss bought me a gift, and it wasn't anything spectacular. She bought this for Christmas for me, and uh, it wasn't anything spectacular, but it was just really heartfelt. Like, you could tell she put a lot of thought into it because every day at work, I walk to Kroger, I buy an apple and whatever else I want to eat. It's usually grilled chicken. Buy an apple and some grilled chicken, and I'll walk back to work. And so I'll come back to work, and I'll be sitting in my office, and I'll be slicing up my apple, and I have this knife, and everybody loves how I slice up apples, or they're probably just lazy, and they don't want to do it themselves because they bring all their apples to me. Can you slice this up for me? Sure, I'll do it. Get your apples sliced up here. I'm going to start charging $5 an apple. So that'll, that'll stop it. That'll stop it. But anyway, she goes out for Christmas, and she buys me this apple slicing. It cores it, and it slices it. All you got to do is push it down one time. And it was just, it was probably like five bucks at the, at the store. But I was like, that is so sweet and thoughtful of her to just buy that for me. I, I don't know, it blew my mind. And I never thought that an apple slicer would blow my mind like that. But you could just tell the thought was put into it. So a thoughtful gift, a lot of people speak that language. Um, you can go to this website and not only find the love language for you and your spouse, but you can also find the love language for your kids because sometimes when teenagers become teenagers, they don't want to talk so much anymore. They don't want to, they don't really. So Shauna, you can go in there and find out for Cadence what her love language is. And Shauna can spend her time, instead of trying to find out exactly how Cadence wants to be loved or whatever, she can find out a way that Cadence would enjoy being loved. And it's her love language. And she can speak that language to her and her relationship will flourish because of that. It's a really cool website. It's an even better book. Um, and like I said, it takes about five minutes to do it. That's just a really cool resource for you guys. And like I said, my, mine is acts of service. Albie's is acts of service. Every morning, Albie has my clothes laid out for me every morning. I've never one time asked her to do it. She just does it. And it's been the most amazing thing in the world because I'm just, I, like I said, I'm this. <laughs> you know, And I cannot find clothes in the morning. They could be, I mean, <laughs> I just can't find them. They're, they're everywhere, it seems like, but they're just, you know, they're in certain spots. I can go over here and pick up this one, but I can't, like, coordinate a, an outfit for some reason. I look like a moron when I get to work if I do my own. So, Albie, every morning when I wake up, if I raise up in bed, I can look at the foot of the bed, 
and now we got my clothes there. It's, it's amazing. It's really cool. She does that for me without me even asking, and that makes me feel so loved. It, it, she's speaking my language because it's hard if you're not speaking someone's language. It's hard to form a really healthy relationship if you're speaking two different languages. And Albie's is acts of service. I clean the house for her a lot. And uh, 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 let's hear an aw. Uh, let's do so sweet. He does some good stuff. Yeah, you better keep me. So we talked about our love language, how we can find that. We talked about um, communication really quick. Just want to mention communication. Um, it's, it's really hard, like we said, to, to form a healthy relationship if you're speaking two different languages. It's impossible to form a healthy relationship if you're not communicating at all. Um, if the lines of communication aren't open, if they're not um, being used, then uh, the relationship's not going to last very long. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Communication is very, very important. I always like to look at how Paul communicates with his church. If you ever look, I always, well, what I did was about two years ago, um, I was looking for a, a different sermon I could do for the kids. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do one on communication, how, how, how Paul communicates with his church. And so I went and I found a lot of these different things that Paul says and does to every one of the churches. I tried to find some, some key things and that he would do and write. And, and so I went through the epistles and I found out a couple of things. But one of the main things that I noticed that Paul would put in every single one of the epistles was that he never ceased to tell the church how much he cared about them and how much he was praying and thanking God for them. That's an amazing thing. People love to hear, and actually one of the probably the most common thing in the world today, the most needed thing is the, is the want to feel needed. That's the most common thing in a human being is that want to feel needed and appreciated. Everybody wants to feel appreciated. That's probably the most common thing in every person is that we just want to feel appreciated. We want to feel like we're needed. And Paul would never, he would never cease to tell them how important they were to them and and he would just say, I'm so thankful, and I never stop thanking God for you guys. And I often will tell Albie, I just thank God for you because you're awesome, and I love you. And, and, and I'm trying to always just keep that open communication where I'm telling her exactly. I'm treating her as Paul treats the church, which I think Paul himself was a very Christ-like man. And uh, he loved the church just like Jesus would love the church, like a bride. People think of it as a bride, and, and, and we're supposed to love our wives, men, as Jesus loves the church. And so, so I, I try to constantly tell Albion, just affirm her how appreciative I am of her and how much I appreciate the things she does for me. And when she puts out my clothes every morning, I don't say every morning, thank you so much for putting my clothes out. But I would say about every other week, I'll tell her, thank you so much for putting my clothes out. That's just amazing for me. And I know that seems like a small thing, but that means so much to me. So the lines of communication need to be open and they need to happen uh, freely uh, I'm going to actually tell you guys a story here in a second about a couple that didn't keep the lines of communication open. You guys want to hear a story? Yeah. I need some. I need to set the set the atmosphere here. Let's see. Is that, <laughs> is that good? Can you hear that? I like it. I need to get closer to the mic. Once upon a time, 
Is that a good story voice? Okay, once upon a time, there was a young girl. She was 10 years old. And at 10 years old, she was out of school one day, and she was thinking to herself, man, I'm going to have a prince that's going to come into my life one day, and he's just going to he's gonna sweep me off my feet. Things are going to be perfect, and he's going to complete who I am. I'm just going to be completed by him, and it's going to be amazing. So she rushes home from school that day, and she goes up to her her bedroom and she grabs her little diary little pink diary and her little pen and she gets on her bed and she starts making a list of all the things that a perfect man needs to be so she writes down hey the perfect man needs to make me laugh she's 10 the perfect man needs to own a horse she's 10 and as time would go on she would keep adding to the list of things that needed to be perfect before she would date or, or enter into a relationship with a guy and so as she went on, she was 13 years old. And she was writing another thing on the list. He needs to, he needs to have a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, he needs, to, he needs to be really, really cool. I need to be able to hang out with him. He needs to be awesome. And time would go on, and age 16 hit, and she was like, man, he needs to be attractive. Let's scratch that. He needs to be hot. <laughs> and so... She was looking, and, and every, everybody that would come and date her, she would, she would go out with them, and, and she would check off mentally the boxes that she wrote down on that list. And not every one of them would get checked off. And if they didn't, they had to go because they didn't live up to her expectation. So she enters into her college career, and she's a freshman in college, and she's just like, man, i got to really focus on my grades here and get through college because dating thing ain't working out nobody's adding up to my list she kind of gives up on dating for a few years and finally on her junior year she meets this awesome guy and he's just checking off one by one the boxes on her list just choo, choo, choo. and she's so amazed and she just keeps dating him and they keep staying together and being together and, and he's checking off box after box after box so they stay together for about two years They've been together, and they love each other, and he loves her, and, and they reciprocate, and it's just amazing, and, and they love each other, and things are going perfect, and they couldn't imagine it getting any better, and then one night, they went out to a candlelit dinner, and they set up the little round table, and, and he across from her, and she from him, and she looked across into his eyes, and she seen a tear welling up in his eye, and when she seen the tear, she thought, oh, this could be really good, or this could be really bad. The man finally musters up his courage and he swallows hard and, and he, he stands or he sits and he says, listen, I can't imagine having another day go by without you coming home with me at the end of the night and me being able to kiss your cheek and roll over and go to sleep. And he said, I just want to spend the rest of my life with you. So he stands up and he walks across the, around the table and he, he gets down on one knee he grabs her hand and he looks her in the eye and he says listen would you make me the most happiest man in this world and be my wife and he takes out the ring and he slides it on her finger and she says yes yes I'll marry you yes and she's so happy and they stand and embrace and and the whole restaurant stands up and applauds as they as they hug and celebrate their love and on the way home that night, she calls her mom and says, Mom, he proposed, he proposed. And I said, yes, we're getting married. And, and so they go right into the planning process. They're, 
they're going through and they're getting the color schemes and they're picking out the right cake and they're and they're picking out all these different things and and, and everything's just working out perfect and and life is going really well so they go and her and her mother and her and the, and the sister they go to this dress shop and and she finds this amazing dress and it's the one that she'd had her eye on for a while with a skosh above her spending limit and the mother looks at it and says sweetie if you want that dress you pay what you can pay and i'll pay the rest and so everything is lining up perfect and the invitations come across and they're amazing and they send them out and people rsvp and then the day finally comes and they stand within the church and, and the pastor stands and he looks into the eyes of these two people and he sees how much they love each other and how how much they mean to each other and he just feels happy inside knowing that this couple is just doing it right. And they're going to live for God and they're going to do amazing things. But before Christ and before their family and friends and a couple of wedding crashers that they didn't know, they say their vows and the pastor says, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may now kiss your bride. And as they kiss, the people stand and begin to applaud. And, and the music begins, and they head down the aisle, and they, they go in, and they have the reception. And, and things are great. And the band is playing. People are dancing, having a good time. Everything's going well. They head off to their honeymoon. They have a great honeymoon. About 10 months later, guess what? They en enter a little boy. <laughs> they have a little baby. Things are going so well. The baby's perfect. He's about seven pounds six ounces about 20 inches long he's just a perfect little baby he's just amazing and they love this baby and they bring him into their home and, and they're so excited to have him and, and they're just thinking man god thank you for for just giving me this awesome child and as she would lay in bed at night thinking man i'm so wore out from this baby but god thank you for giving me the baby and also thank you for giving me the man who completes me Five years down the road, the baby's five years old, and so is the marriage. And five years into a marriage, it's a little different than the first two or three years of marriage. The flame is still there. There's passion still there, but it's not quite as bright as it used to be. Things aren't going as well as they used to, and maybe they're not communicating quite as much, because listen, they've got a job, and they have kids, and, and, and the things are going crazy and hectic, and, and they haven't been to church in a while either start to look around she starts to wonder man what is going on why i feel like i've just kind of separated here what, what, how can we get back to that passion that energy that the love that we had what, what's happening so she starts to make excuses and he does too and oh we're busy and, and things will slow down eventually and when they do then we'll reconnect and then and then we'll have time for each other and and then year 10 year 10 comes and things haven't changed the love that they saw that was so bright and the fire that was burning so passionately now is just smoke where the fire used to be. And she's realizing, she's thinking back to herself of how she, I need to have some of my music. I like music. <laughs> it's not important. So she's looking, she's thinking, Ten years into this, things still haven't changed. I wonder, 
I wonder why. Well, how long is it she's in there making dinner in the kitchen? She's just thinking to herself, how long has it even been since we had a candlelight dinner together? Huh? Has it been like three, four, has it been five years since we, man. And she, so she's going through in her mind. And everything is running together. And, and she starts to make those excuses again. But she's like, listen, I can't make the excuses again. I, something's got to change here. And, and about that time, she hears the door shut outside. A car pulls in. And, and so she, she knows it's her husband. And she hears him come through the door and unzip his coat and hang it on the rack. And she kicks his shoes off. And she hears his footsteps coming down the hall. And he enters the archway of the, of the, of the kitchen. He sits down at the table. And she could tell something was wrong. She didn't know exactly what it was. She can tell something. She didn't want to press him right away. It could be something at work. The man takes a deep breath and he says, listen, I've been thinking for some time now that things aren't really going as smoothly as what I think they should. And, and I've noticed the passion isn't here anymore. And we're not communicating like we used to. And he said, well, if things don't change, I feel we might get a... And he stopped. And she knew what he was going to say. He was going to say divorce. It was the word that, that she wouldn't even let come into her mind. She would push it away. As soon as it popped in, she would push it away and, and that can't happen that can't happen that's not us we loved each other and she would not let that word come into her heart the man says listen I, I know I've dropped a lot on you right now but if you want to talk some more I'll be in the den I'll stand and that's it and that's where you come from see this story can go two ways at this point sometimes life gets really hectic would you agree when life gets hectic it's easy for us to focus on things that we are finding production in usually what we find production is our kids or our careers so time it just seems to just slip 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 by and, and there's nothing we can do to kind of hold on to what we used to have Sometimes relationships, if the communication lines isn't open, they can go two ways. So she can walk into the den at this point in life, and she could sit there and think, okay, we can go into counseling. We could, we could, we could do something. We have to save our marriage. We can't let this go. We, we've spent so much time. And think, think about the boy. He, he needs us to be together and set a good example. And, and, and there's so many different things in life weigh us down if we let them. Now, I don't have an ending to that story. But maybe you can kind of come up with one in your own head. Maybe you can make the perfect ending, right? Maybe it doesn't get better. Maybe it ends badly. Life isn't always perfect, like we want to think it is. Life isn't all, you know, riding off into the sunset. Sometimes things get tough. Would you agree? Things aren't always great. And if you go into a relationship, you're thinking, man, things are always going to be great. Well, bear with me for a minute. Let's stand. Right now, I just want to pray over every family in this church. I want to just pray so that if everybody will close their eyes and bow their heads. If you want to be mentioned in this prayer, pray for you this week, your family, your, then I'll be happy to do that for you. Um, 
if you want some special prayer, just let me know and raise your hands, and I'll absolutely be praying for your family and everybody this week. Just absolutely, absolutely bless. Thanks. And I never want to pass an opportunity to to let someone give their life to Jesus. So if you're here this morning, you're thinking, listen, I've made the mistake of not putting God first in my life, and and I've, life has got really busy, and life has just been on me, and, and, and I haven't had the time to do what I need to get done. I haven't been putting God first. If you just want to raise your hand and say, count me in on that prayer. I want to put Jesus first from here on out. And I just want to live for God from here on, here on out. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Now, I'm just going to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray blessings over your families. And I'm going to pray that God breaks chains of depression and anxiety and so many different things that's going on in the world today. Father God, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity. God, thank you for these many people who raised their hand, God. Father, I just ask that you go with every single family, Jesus. Every family. God, I ask that you be with them, Jesus, if they're dating or if they're married or if they've been married for 30 years or 10 years or 5 years, God. It doesn't matter how long, but God, you know that it's important to steward a good relationship no matter how long you've been together. Father God, I just ask that you would pray blessings and just bless and put your hand on each family here today, God. Father, that you would give them a hope and purpose for their life, Jesus. Father, that you would not allow the, the temptations of sin and, and things like that to come between them and their spouse or them and their girlfriend or, or them and their kids or anything like that, Father God. I, would, I just pray blessings over this church. God, I break chains of depression, anxiety, God. I break chains of sickness and illness, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break those things. If you're one of the ones who raised your hand and said, I want to live this way forward, putting Christ first, won't you say something like this in your heart to God? And mean it. Father God, I'm so sorry for living ways that was not your ways. God, I'm sorry for, for not putting you first in life. God, from this day forward, I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you are that you died for my sin and that you can make me whole, God, because you're the only person that can make us whole. Today, I just want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Number 6, 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Our prayer team will be up front if you need some special prayer. Um, I want you guys to go and have an awesome week in the Lord. Apply this to your life and allow your relationship to flourish in Jesus' name.